Welcome to the Mission Kids Podcast with your host, Courtney. Happy Friday, my friends. I hope you are having a wonderful end to your week. Your week was probably pretty normal. My week was very busy, and I, for one, am so looking forward to this weekend probably more than you are, because tomorrow I get married to the best person in the world. Sorry, but he is. His name's Connor. He's been editing this podcast. You've heard from him a few times. And tomorrow I finally get to marry him. He will finally move in and we will get to start our lives together. So, in typical fashion, not only will I give you church history today on Friday, but I'm going to give you church history of weddings. Because why not? Sounds fun, right? Before I get started, I wanted to give an announcement that next week we will only have a podcast on Wednesday. So no new episodes. Feel free, if it's part of your daily rhythm, to go and listen to an old episode that you really liked. But we will only have a new one coming out on Wednesday the 17th because that is Ash Wednesday. So of course we had to still have an episode for that. We'll be back to our normal schedule on February 22nd. So, let's jump in. When you think of a wedding, what do you think of? Maybe you think of a church or a chapel or a big cathedral. A lot of people think that. You think of a wedding and you think of going to a church. But have weddings always really been a church thing? That's what we're going to talk about today. Christian traditions trace the idea of marriage back to the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible. Marriage in ancient time actually had very little to do with romance. It was actually more of a family arrangement or an agreement. There were stipulations, conditions, and a bridal price. Couples were arranged to be married in early youth. And most marriages were agreements within the tribe or village that they lived in. For Hebrews, marrying Gentile or non-Jewish people was frowned upon. The parents, but mostly the father, would arrange the marriage. The bride could offer her opinion, but it didn't carry much weight. The marriage of a son was a higher priority than the marriage of the daughter. And this was because most marriages required a dowry, which was where the father of the groom had to pay the father of the bride in order for the two to be married. I am so thankful that we live in a world where dowries are not a thing anymore, and I get to choose who I marry and not my father. The new couple usually would not start a new home or build a house for themselves, but they would live in a space in the groom's family house. Connor's parents don't live here in Chattanooga, so that won't be happening, and Connor will actually get to move into my house. It was still special back in the day because it meant that the family of the groom gained a daughter, quite literally, and moved into the house but this meant that the family of the bride lost a valuable person who helped with household tasks. 
So that's why it was expected that the father of groom should pay the father of the bride the dowry. Until the Middle Ages, a Jewish marriage would consist of two ceremonies that were marked by two separate celebrations with an interval between. Funny enough, a pandemic has caused this exact same thing to happen in my own life. Connor and I will legally get married tomorrow, but we don't know when we will have a big wedding where we can invite all of you and everyone at the church. We can see this playing out in scripture, actually, because when we look at the Christmas story of Jesus in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, we know that Joseph and Mary were betrothed or legally married, but they had not yet had their wedding whenever Mary became pregnant with Jesus. When Christianity was formed around the time of Jesus, marriage actually had very little to do with religion. Jesus, Paul, and the other New Testament writers do speak about marriage and how husbands and wives should live their lives in a marriage, but there's no biblical tradition that ties weddings to a church ceremony. Marriage was still a family issue and not an institution. It was a very private and communal thing to get married. But eventually, many, many, many years later, marriage became just as important as a family tradition as it was to the church and it was to the state to politically recognize a marriage. In fact, there are some church traditions that view marriage as a sacrament. For example, the Anglican Church, which is what the mission is part of, views baptism and communion as a sacrament, but marriage is also recognized as one of the sacraments or gifts from God. So once the wedding was now seen as a sacrament, the process of the ceremony moving into the church had begun. At first, a priest would preside over the ceremony at home with witnesses looking on. Then the ceremony would be held near a church building away from the home. Eventually, the ceremony would include the wedding party come to the, coming to the steps of the door of the church, and the clergy would come out and pronounce a blessing. Finally, the ceremony was performed in the sanctuary of the church. Can you imagine if we walked all the way from my house to the church, which you don't know where I live, but it would be a very long walk, and then we would finally get married? For quite some time, it was expected that all weddings in Europe and North America would take place in the church, but this has kind of moved away from houses of worship, and now it's starting to be in all sorts of places. But don't worry, we're getting married at the mission at our church. It's so funny thinking of how the idea of weddings or marriages has changed over the over time. But I'm really thankful that weddings and marriages are a gift. They're a gift from God. God gives us lifetime friendships and relationships. And sometimes we are lucky enough that we end up pairing up with someone and deciding to live our lives together and joining in marriage. And regardless of what happens, 
we are given guidance in scripture, both to live a life independently with God and live a life as a couple, as husband and wife in scripture. And it's so cool that God trusts us to do that. I must say, I learned a lot about churches by uh, studying for this podcast, and I hope you found it as interesting as I did. I can't wait to be able to see you soon. I miss you all so much. And I would love for you to pray for mine and Connor's marriage, not only tomorrow as it begins, but for the rest of our lives. Would you pray with me? I praise my God this day. I give myself to God this day. I ask God to help me this day. You may lift up your own prayers and petitions to the Lord at this time. And now we are bold to pray together as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. If you have a question, story you want to share with me, or a prayer request you'd like shared on the podcast, give me a call. My number is 423-708-5354. I would love to hear from you. And remember, God loves you. He loves all of creation. I love you and I miss you. Have a great day, y'all.